I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey y'all, it's football time here in Tennessee once again. So I had to wonder, what is Football Morning in America, NBC Sports, NFL writer, legend? Peter King, what does he think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out the Chase Thomas podcast. If you are not already a subscriber and this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys checking out uh, what we've got cooking here on the program. Um, If you enjoy what you hear today, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. New episode, new content every single day. Tennessee Vols, Atlanta sports guys, sports reporters assemble, NFL, NBA, college football, all that and more right here on this feed each and every day. Your favorite writers, analysts, personalities in the space on this very feed every day. So if you like that, you like the best national sports talk with a local flavor outside of here in Knoxville, Tennessee, then this is the show for you. So make sure you're locked in on your preferred podcast player. And if you're already a subscriber, you know what I'm about to say. But if you could, please leave this show a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you're listening. I promise you it helps this show continue to grow, helps other people find the show, and all that good stuff. So if you could take a second today and you're already a fan, you love the show, tell a friend, family member, coworker, whoever about the Chase Homes Podcast as we get bigger and bigger each and every day here in Tennessee. I would greatly appreciate it. Five-star review or five-star rating. Write a review. I promise it helps in a major way. Takes a second. Hit that pause button. Take care of it today. And uh, yeah, we greatly appreciate it. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, everything school HQ, Food City now on the TBA banner, big week, more fundraising, more money, more five-star edges, like it's it's a nice time to be a Tennessee volunteer, the very good at everything school, maybe even elite at everything this upcoming season, but to just, just... Throw all that down. Throw it all out the window. Is a person who loves to make me sad. 
online loves to make every Tennessee fan sad. And when I tweet at him or I'll message him when he posts something very derogatory and negative about the Tennessee Volunteers, he'll go, my bad. I forgot you're a Tennessee fan. And Love you. <laughs> yeah, he just he forgets because he really, I think, hates every other Tennessee fan outside of myself. It's yeah. college football uncensored Saturday Down South Chris Marler, who actually is a fellow Parkview Panther alumni. So yeah. we don't get many of those in this very show. Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm real quick. So we actually just did some rebranding. So it's Saturday football uncensored, but you can still find yeah. us under both. Um, I, so but I appreciate the shout out. It's always good to be here. I, mm-hmm. I really do like you. And, and like, you know that. And mm-hmm. I don't hate all Tennessee fans, but like a majority of my interactions with Tennessee fans are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know how all Twitter is. They wear like a badge of honor. That's totally fine. I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's been, like you said, it's been an incredible time. It still is an incredible time for Tennessee right now. They're recruiting well. They're good in every single sport. They dominated my team, Alabama, mm-hmm. in every single possible sport last year, men's, women's, whatever you want to call it, like all of it. Mm. Uh, for a full calendar year. So things are going great up in Knoxville. Is that the nicest thing you can say about Tennessee right now? There's probably something nicer. Like, what I mean, do you got? Like, what else can I say that's nice? This is going to be great. I can clip this and Vol fans can never, you can throw it back at Vol fans whenever you're being too negative. What's the nicest thing you can say about Tennessee? Tennessee football specifically okay. right now. I My favorite moment of, of like as petty as I am, mm. my favorite moment of the football season a year ago and I, it was a miserable game experience for me because mm. I am an Alabama fan and I grew up watching Peyton Manning and, and Tennessee beat us for seven straight years and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But whoever timed up perfectly, the field storming, Josh Heupel's interview, and as soon as the last word left his mouth, the start of Dixieland Delight, one of mm. the best moments, I think, for fans in college football history, at least recently, and one of the best troll jobs ever. I, that was, I thought that was awesome. I thought it was awesome. And they did it in basketball, too. I thought it was yeah. I, like... It was painful to to listen to and watch. I'd like because I don't know if Bama. Like, you know when you like if you have a song with like a significant other and you guys break up, can we listen to that still? Mm. Like I don't know if Bama's gonna be allowed to listen to Dixieland Delight anymore after last year. Hmm. They will. Do they but claim I, it? Like, I Is it that? Ba- I guess they do because they were really upset when it was taken away and they fought to mm. get it back. So I'm guessing they were like they they would not let Tennessee fans just take it and stride. I feel like that could be a cool rivalry thing. Is like if you lose, you don't get to play it all next year like you don't yeah. get you're not allowed to do it until you beat tennessee yeah, that's not a bad idea i like that i like that that's a good that's a good point also yeah it's like it's a great it's like a theater system right now from well not from parkview but like they're getting five stars everywhere so they're doing a great they're doing a great job i think for building the future what's fun too is now that tennessee beat alabama last year did you see this did you hear about this tennessee beat alabama last year i did i did hear that yeah well um as you know as an alabama mm-hmm. fan because you've been very vocal about Tennessee at Florida and the history of Tennessee in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the history of the Tennessee-Alabama series is? It, no, I don't. It's streak after streak oh, yeah. after streak. There's no in-between. From 1972. Had... Say what? 1972. So if you go back to 72, Bama won from 72 to 81 every game. Mm-hmm. Tennessee won from 82 to 85 every game. Bama won 86 to eight, uh, 92 every 92. game. Tennessee won every single one in the 90s outside of that 92 game. Well, oh, there was a tie in 93. Bama won in 94. And then you guys yes. won from 95 to 2001. And then you had one blip there in 2002. Then Tennessee won a couple more. And then Bama's owned the rivalry since until yeah. last year. Very streaky. Very streaky. I mean, like it is, it's good it news. is the two 
like stalwarts when it comes to like the premier programs in the SEC. When you when you look at like the historical significance of, of like national brands from the SEC, it's mm-hmm. these schools. It's I, yeah. I wish they would bring back the color rush, like not where it's like orange pants and crimson pants or something stupid like that. I would love mm-hmm. to see this like the color rush games like they used to do like in the sixties. Yeah, they'll never do it. No, they won't. No, um, but it makes me excited because I do like I've said in the pod. I I think a lot of people the common thing and uh, for a lot of people I think uh, your friend uh, over there uh, Connor O'Gara. I always mm-hmm. is it I, is it O'Gara O'Gara? I always second guess it. I don't know if I know. I think I, I feel so bad. I, it's like he saved my phone as Connor OG. So that, I think it's O'Gara. I think it's O'Gara too, but yeah, I always want to say Gara. Okay, don't do. I that. don't know why. I think it's O'Gara, but yeah. He and a lot of other people, I believe, like I listen to different people. The common wisdom is nine and three and ten and two being like the what Tennessee does. And they were right. ten and two last year. I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah. I think they either build off what they did last year and mm-hmm. Joe adds unlocks another dimension for this Tennessee offense. The defense is a little bit better. They were a top 20 rushing defense. If Joshua Joseph, James Pierce, they have a lot of talent. In the edge. They have a lot mm-hmm. of young talent. I think Keenan Pilly is going to be really good. Aaron Carter is going to play a lot as a true freshman. I think there's a lot of a lot of talent in the front seven. I think the defense is going to be pretty, pretty good. But like if uh, Dante Thornton is Jamison Williams for Tennessee, mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of element. I think the passing game will be better. I love the trio running back. And Joe's just Did different. Be yes. Wow. Yeah. That's a scary thought for like any other team outside of Knoxville. Yeah. There's a path where like Dante Thornton plays a drive and then he Uh sits and then they put squirrel in at the slot, the next drive. Like they could just alternate Dante Thornton and squirrel white. And it's just. What's scary is because, because I, I, I'm more, my thing about Tennessee is the title of that video I put out is misleading. Admittedly. Like, I don't Mm. think they're the most overrated team in the country. I do think that from interactions with their fans, I think they're a year away from being elite. Like, I don't know if they should be top 10 to start the year. I think they're a top 15, top 20 team for sure. But you did lose a lot of pieces. We haven't seen Tennessee stack years at, at like a, not even elite level, but like a a very good level um, in quite some time. And that's mm. not, that has nothing to do with Hypel. And and like, you know, but we've seen them have talent like a lot. My dog says hello. Um, we've seen them have talent a lot in the past. And like, you know, we've seen, I've seen Tennessee start out, Six and zero in years with like Dobbs or, or five and zero, whatever it was, and going to mm-hmm. the Bama game, like you know, top ten ranking. We just haven't seen them stack years over over uh, year over next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think next year they're scary. Like in moving forward, they're going to recruit. See, this, this is the thing that people don't understand about Tennessee that are like younger than me, and I'm 37. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the 90s. I watched Peyton Manning. I watched Philip Fulmer. Like that game against Florida was not only the like it was the third week of the season, first SEC game of the year. And the, the winner of the SEC was decided that day, mm. like just flat out. And but what people forget is Tennessee is a national, not just a national power, but they are national footprint in terms of recruiting. Like they recruit the entire country. People like not just with Nico, like they recruit the state of California historically very well. And and all they'll get kids from all over the country. Mm. But that being said, I still think they're a year away and they, they lose a lot. Um then the offense will put up a ton of points because that's what hype will, will do always. And they've got talent there, but like the nine and a half wins is crazy to me because it's like you have Georgia and, and Bama baked into that schedule. And then you have no room for error. Like that seems crazy to me. I mean, they're beating Bama again. All right. Like they're beating wait. Bama again. They, that was a game in the fourth quarter two years ago when Tennessee mm-hmm. had nothing. Hendon hooker was banged up. He lost right. like four teeth in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the final score? 
doesn't matter. And they lost by 24. I mean, it wasn't a 24 point game in the beginning I, of the fourth. I don't disagree with you, but what I what I do love and I think that happens mm-hmm. more than it, it more for Alabama than any other team in the country is the almost losses that people come up with yeah. really factor into where like that program is headed. It's like, yeah. damn it, the dynasty is dead because of this. They almost lost this game. It's like, right, well, they didn't. And like, yeah. when you, you take a step well, back. Well, Bama fans love that too, though, on the flip side, where they're like, look, they did the almost game. It's like we lost two games by a combined like four points last year. That is true. They did. They, they were like, we were actually, like, Nick Saban himself was like, we, I mean, if we're the betting favorites, I don't understand. Like, that was why. the dumbest thing I've heard. I, <laughs> to this, like, I don't know who was in charge of PR for him, but I was just like, mm-hmm. Who who let him walk out on in that December, like like championship weekend on Fox? Whoever did that's an idiot, and I hope mm. they don't have a job. I don't care how that says. I know in this economy, I don't want to wish that on anybody, but I wish it on that guy. Mm-hmm. Listen, and the bottom line is this: maybe Bama, maybe Bama beats Tennessee if they play him a second time. I don't want to play Tennessee again. That was a nightmare. Like, because mm. here's the thing: you can look at it any certain way you want to. You could say that like the 17 penalties is an anomaly, or the pass interference thing still bothers me on fourth mm. and five. I know that there was people feel like there's missed calls on both, whatever. Mm. But the bottom line is this: all of those things happened. You mm. still had a chance to win. You you had a chance to at least run the clock out in in, in regulation. Mm. Maybe run the football once. Don't allow forty three yards in two plays to yep. left them in field. All these things happened that you didn't do. And the one that stands out the most is that the greatest coach in college football history and the best defensive coach we've we've seen probably in college football history. And his defensive coordinator for 60 straight minutes just refused to make an adjustment. Maybe after the third touchdown, you look at it and say, uh, maybe that safety that doesn't ever use, like we don't use him in cover like very he doesn't cover very well. Maybe we don't put him on the fastest player in the country mm. who's gonna win the Bolitnikov because of this game. Like that, that's that kind of stuff is kind of scary. And if you if you are being honest with yourself, which like I try to be, despite what my tweets might say sometimes. That was a close game going to the fourth quarter. I specifically mm-hmm. remember tweeting from my old account, and you'll never be able to find it now, was are we going to effing lose to Tennessee going into the fourth quarter? Because it was a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they make adjustments. I think they're probably better this year. But um, but I do think that Tennessee, like I don't think it's this year, but next year they are going to start competing for championships, and it's going to be a nightmare for other fan bases. Yeah, and I also think that they play a really hateable style because mm-hmm. they step on your neck. Like Missouri fans hate it, South Carolina fans hate it, Florida fans hate it, like yeah. Bama fans definitely hate it. Like a lot of folks are like the Mickey Mouse offense, and they don't like the hash mark stuff. They hate it, but I'm like, I don't care. Tempo, no. like, stop it. If you don't like I'm, it, stop it. I've said this since day one, and I don't, I don't care how this sounds. I like people that hate on Bama's schedule or they hate mm-hmm. on whatever this and that. I don't care. I don't care if they play Mercer in week 13. I don't care if they play Middle Tennessee State in week one. I want to win, and I want to win every game, and I want to win championships. I don't give a shit, excuse my language, if they play Penn State or a team like 11 Power 5 schools. I don't care. I don't care. I want to win football games, and I want to enjoy what I'm watching, and Tennessee does that. They've done that under Heupel, and it's really, really – like you can say it's Mickey Mouse offense – that Mickey Mouse offense put up 63 points on 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 Missouri. I, t- I, I remember looking through the numbers on this, the Hendon Hooker stats from that Bama game. Mm. He he is the only player in the history against a Nick Saban defense, no matter who the D coordinator is, to have, I think it was like five total touchdowns, 440-plus yards of offense, and like complete whatever percentage of passes. Manziel didn't do it. Cam Newton didn't do it. Like th- there's like there's a, a very short list of, of quarterbacks who put up these ridiculous games. Like I, I think – Joe, or uh, Chad Kelly was one of them. Um, 
probably Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, like because it used to take like a historical performance. Johnny Menzel, mm -hmm. that that list as you kept getting further and further into the stats, getting like more touchdowns, more yards, it kept dwindling down to one person. That was Hendon Hooker, hmm. and they're going to put up similar or better numbers this year with Joe Milton because you get to cover not just the full fifty-three and a half, you got to cover like the full like hundred <laughs> yards because he can almost throw it the whole the whole length of the field. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's maybe maybe they are back. I don't know. Maybe I've just talked myself into it. I love it. Um, is Milbrook going to start every game this year? What, what does your no. gut tell you? If Tyler Buckner starts a single game, I will jump ship and become the Georgia fan that I'm accused of being constantly on, on Twitter um, or Tennessee for your sake. I don't know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're like, always welcome. It's the least I could do. Thank you. Um, uh, I, no, I, I think that I think he starts game one. The, the problem with Milrow is. It is going to be. I said this going into last or going at the end of last season. I would love to watch him start a full year. Would mm. love it. It would be the most entertaining nine and three, ten and two team imaginable. It's Blake Sims without the accuracy, but like the problem you're going to have with with him as the quarterback is maybe he's taking a step forward and doesn't turn the ball over as much um, this year because he had three turnovers in that that A and M game. Um, mm. People forget the Arkansas games. He had that big run on third and 15. They pulled away late. But he was one of four for three yards in the second half of that game through the air. Mm. And that was the offense was throwing the football. Um, well, now you got Tommy Reese. Things are cooking. I, I like Tommy Reese. I know that you guys are making fun of it, but I think he's going to be good. Like, I mean, like, you know, he was the, he was the next guy in line to be the head coach of Notre Dame. And that's eight. fine. But you wanted a certain Washington offensive coordinator. Mr. Yeah, Grubb. like also, I would have loved to have him for sure. Completely different offense, by the way. And we're always we're walking down this. You know what I hate? And it's only Bama and Georgia now that can do this for whatever reason. I don't know if you've seen this, Chris, but like the Alabama offense and the Georgia offense, it doesn't matter if it's Bobo or Monk and it doesn't matter if it's Reese or Kiffin or O'Brien. I'm like, no, it does. It, it does. This is, this is insane. I can't believe I, we're just allowing this to happen, that there's no change. It's going to be the exact same. It's just. They got it. It's just they play that they look same same sheet, same call no. sheet, same everything. And the Bobo just, thing is yeah. mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Let me let me say this. Okay, if the kid, the guy from Washington, he turned down Bama, which does not happen a lot at that position, right? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have left if his. Mm. I don't know what his goals are. If his goal is to be a head coach, yeah. Do you want to leave Washington where you have all of that returning mm. and already put up all of those numbers, and you have all that coming back? to go down and get basically micromanaged for a, a redemption year where you're going to be like immediately the guy like put in, in front of the, like put to the flames, your feet to the flames mm -hmm. because they, I mean, Bama had a top 10 offense and defense last year in scoring and like for, for both yeah. sides of football and, and fans hated both the coordinators, both yeah. of them. Like it's so stupid. The Bobo thing is spot on because that cracks me up. I think there's a significant drop off in points and yards per game from Bama. Like I, yeah. I think that like, like, just from the set, the, the standpoint alone of like, hey, there's gonna be a running clock. Like numbers are going to naturally come down a little bit. Maybe not mm -hmm. with offenses like Tennessee, but I think they're in a very small percentage of the country that's gonna do that. But Tommy Reese's offense is they run the football, sixty percent of their play calls in two or three seasons he was at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien had he he threw the football on fifty point four percent of his play calls a year ago, which is by far the lowest they've ever had under Saban. Mm -hmm. And I'm fully aware they don't have Bryce Young to a Mac or, or Jalen in that, that quarterback room. But it would be nice to, like, that's how the Tennessee game, it would be nice to turn around and hand the ball off and just, like, 
maybe we play our odds in overtime and see what happens. Or like that game's get, that game's a blowout if you do that. Like Tennessee's rush defense was good last year. That was mm-hmm. the sneaky thing when people talk about. It's like the rush defense is good. If you had to play that way, and there's no Bryce when Bryce had the fumble yeah. in the end zone and he just picks it up and gets it out and completes it on the right hand side. You're like only like one quarterback in the country can right. do that. Like Bryce kept Alabama in that game. He took some big shots. He oh, was yeah, yeah. unfazed by that atmosphere. Hendon Hooker was unfazed. Like I thought it was over the Dallas Turner uh, fumble scoop and score. Like most yeah. Tennessee quarterbacks would have folded. Most quarterbacks in general would have been like, oh, mm-hmm. that was our moment. We just blew it. And now it was Alabama's all, going for the kill. Yeah. I, 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 don't, just, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think it's, it's a tremendous win. People, you can't take it away from. from well, no, Tennessee. I'm just saying like, the people who are worried, they're like, oh, we're getting away from that stupid quarterback-driven offense nonsense. I'm like... They gave you all the success. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Like, it's the Saban brain where you're like, we're pivoting the murder ball, and it's not going to be fun. And, like, we're now analyzing if Saban's smiling when he's leaving press conferences. It's like, maybe it. the guy is just having a good time because he's older. And he's like, I bought a yeah. condo. <laughs> I bought a mansion in the beach. Like, I know I'm riding out. Maybe that's yeah. all it is. Maybe he's like, I'm not taking it that seriously anymore. Maybe it's like, you I have nothing know. to prove. Like... I, I- my main thing with why this Bama team, I think, is going to be better than people think is like yeah. the offense is going to be whatever. I, I I really do think it's going to be the most criticized offense because they're going to have such a natural drop off. They're not putting yeah. up 48 points per game like they did. No, sorry. That's not happening. I still think they lose to Texas. I think they lose to Texas by 10 plus points because I don't think that like Sark on script is going to basically put them into like a, a situation where they're probably up 14 three or two scores early in that game. I don't know if Bama's able to come back from that without having a set quarterback. That being said, I do think that that's the best offense they're going to play all year besides maybe Tennessee, but I don't think Tennessee has the weapons they Ooh, have. Oh, we Texas. disagree here. Can I give you Who one? You Who I, so I revealed on the pod with Matt last night. I think A&M's winning the SEC this year. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I hate Petrino it. has a history with Heisman quarterbacks. We've seen it with Lamar. Connor Wegman was really good in that LSU game with yeah. a bad, like I'm a big Connor Wegman guy. I think A&M has the best receiving core in the conference. The blue chippers that they signed from that class two years ago are all a year older. This is like, they're just sleeping. The last yeah. time Bama went into College Station, they lost. That was a much worse A&M team. I think A&M's actually going to beat Bama and beat Bama pretty handedly. I think Ooh, Bama okay. beats Texas. I, I think the Texas stuff gets, it's ended right away. And we're like, all right, this is still, we're doing this yeah. thing with Texas again. No, A&M is the one where like everyone's just focused on LSU and Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. and LSU breaking through in year two with Brian Kelly. I actually would put a lot on AM. That's I, like I, I think AM's winning the conference this year. It's always the stuff that like we don't see coming that, that yeah. always happens anyway. You know what I mean? Like so I I think that's a really good point. I, and I like I'm with you on AM. I think that is the it's one of the probably the second toughest game on that schedule for Bama yeah. because it's like like you said, it's on the road. They've they played some close games there, um, in college station specifically. But yeah, I mean, like I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm high on Texas just because of the offensive talent they have and, and what the situation for Bama will be offensively at that point of the year mm. i do think Bama's defense is gonna be really good this year man i, I really do like, i do I, too I know that, like this is the worst fan base for me to say that to because of what we just saw <laughs> and what they put up against them like with like with and i know that will anderson and i mean you're losing two of the top three draft picks like i, I get all that i mm. just think that like they have a lot of talent they just signed nine five stars and all of but this those, those guys aren't helping this year outside of caleb downs okay who's helping who else outside of caleb downs is starting I mean, I think Ricks is going to play significantly significant okay. amount of reps. I think they, I think Bama has the best secondary in the in the conference this year, I, like I, I, including Georgia. Um, I do think they have they, anyone out wide that you trust? What do you mean, a receiver? Yeah, 
I don't trust them on or off the field. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no. Like they're in the Michigan thing where people want to pick Michigan. I'm like, Michigan has no dudes out wide. They don't they don't scare you anymore. Clemson yeah. didn't scare me. Like part of the reason I looked at Clemson and Tennessee is like Tennessee's blowing out Clemson. I don't know what we're doing here. Right. Clemson is not going to be able to keep up. Like they just don't have the Justin Rosses, those kind of guys anymore. The T Higgins. They, they just they don't exist. And when you're matched up, there's certain teams where like Ohio State and Tennessee are two of them. And Georgia, really too, where if you don't have the dudes out wide, like it's just yeah it's really hard to win at the sport. And you look at the playoff last year and the reason I'm so low on Bama, because I think they're going eight and four, nine and three. I think it's one of the two for them. And part of it is just, I think they're going to be like 48 fifth in scoring offense. And I think they're going to be like a top five. They're going to look a lot like Iowa and it's going to be really oh, ugly. Shut up, <laughs> shut up Chase. <laughs> they're going to look like Iowa. What are you talking about? They're going to look like Iowa and you're going to hate it just as much as Iowa fans hate I it. And I swear to God, if Bama plays in a 7-5 Little League World Series score game, I'm going to lose my mind and I will never talk to you again for how right you were. I'm sorry, but it's coming. Like, it, like they're just going to be in a Mississippi State, like 16-7, to 7, just disgusting, filthy game. Prime numbers everywhere. Yeah. Just, it's going to be rough. I genuinely think this is going to be one of the rougher seasons in Bama history. And I love the pivot to like, we're not in the Saban history. Yeah, like, okay. You look at it and you're just pivoting and every, he just he's the only one who would be able to get away with this where the fans are just like, yeah, awesome. We're going to go with a, a bad quarterback and run the football and not have anyone that scares you out wide. Perfect. Defense first. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the playoff and it's like, no, it's five star quarterbacks everywhere. Like it's yeah. offense. It's you know, they the have air. five star quarterbacks on the roster, right? No, no, no. I'm saying like five star efficient where the offense is built around them. They're throwing the mm -hmm. football. They are able to do all these different things. Like you need those kind of guys. Like yeah. you look, Max Duggan did it all for TCU. JJ McCarthy, the reason they didn't get through, he wasn't a do it all guy for Michigan. They were still a ground and pound with Edwards and yeah. um, Quorum. And then you look at Stetson. Stetson did a bunch. Like he was extremely mm -hmm. underrated. I big Stetson guy. Like he did yeah, all kinds of stuff for them. I'm interested to see if Carson Beck does that. I just. I think you need that more than ever. And this idea that you can get away with, even if you're Alabama of subpar quarterback play and run the gauntlet and win a title. I just, I don't think you can do it in today's college football. I just don't. I, I will tell you admittedly, I'm high on Bama. Cause I, I think that they're going to do well and they're going to be better than people think. But I, mm. if I'm being a thousand percent honest with you, yeah, I think there's a, there's a very, if I'm, if I'm like self-reflecting and looking at like, where this is coming from. Last year, I said Georgia was going to beat Bama in the SEC championship. Bama was not going to the playoff. All that. I said mm -hmm. the year before, Georgia was going to the national championship. They were going to win it by double digits against Bama. I made that was like I even made that bet. Like they would win by ten plus points in the Natty. Um, I feel like there's a part of me that's admittedly regressing to the point of where right, I don't want this to end. So maybe I'm just clinging on to it. Mm. But I could easily see like like I asked this question the other day. Like what's what's more likely? Well, that's this to Cole Kublik and and, and Pate. It was like. What's more likely to, likely to happen? Bama goes 12 and 0 or they go 8 and 4? Because I think that if they get to two losses, they get to four losses. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't disagree. Because here, here's the nightmare, dude. If Bama loses to Texas, that's the earliest loss they've had in the Saban era. Hmm. Let's not forget, they were like 4 and 0 in, in, the, um, in the 2007. UL Monroe? <laughs> that was a tough one. That was a tough <laughs> one. Same amount of wins in the Saban era, though, as Tennessee, just so you know. Mm. Um, but that being said, so like when you have, you have the, the <laughs> you walked into that one, you deserved it. Um, the 2000, oh, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my God. So, so but like, like I, I think that they're, mm -hmm. they're, if they lose that game early, man, what if they lose A&M? And then it's like, okay, now you got to hope. Yeah. Now you got to win all your games in the mm -hmm. SEC. And then you got to hope that you 
beat Georgia and still get help from the committee to get in with a two loss, like that that's the ceiling at that point, yeah. right? Or if you lose, if you lose to, to Tennessee, mm. the, the thing that can't happen for this team is that they get to November with two losses because mm. that hasn't happened before with them, where now you gotta beat LSU at home. And then the nightmare upon all nightmares, you gotta go to Jordan Hare. There's a very real chance that Auburn's coming into that game with five straight wins because it's like mm. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and then like somebody, like nobody, and, and I think a Gandy or some shit. Like if they beat Ole Miss, there's a very real chance they are five and zero going into that game, or five, they've won five straight games going into that game. You you want no part of that. If you're a mm. three loss team for Alabama with nothing to play for, yeah, going into Jordan Hare, I think there's a very slippery slope they could they could lose four games. I don't think it'll happen, but I agree. I actually I predicted eight and four. Off. I think they're going eight and four this year. And you're going to hate it. It's going to be the most Iowa ass season. And that's how it's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, I have to go. All right. Well, you hate it. Um, Chris Marlowe, we can listen to you on Saturday. Football Uncensored, correct? That's right. Saturday football. That's going to take some time. I've been listening to CFB Uncensored uncensored for years. And like, I even see like the black and the green font. I just, I, I still hate it. My brain's just going still CFB Uncensored. I'm in my 30s. I won't use that logo. I didn't make that logo and I, I haven't used it once. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just, that's a time for another, that's a story for another time. So, well, go subscribe or go subscribe to the pod, go read Saturday yeah. down South and uh, go watch Alabama have an Iowa ass season, which is what all of America wants. Chris Marler, mm-hmm. always a pleasure. Go Vols. Todd in. Thanks, dude. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.